When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back in the boardroom for our latest latest edition of the Tripe Supper. Uh, A little later this week, mainly because there's been all sorts going on at Burham. We've been chained the desk all week. Hignett's been the talking point. Phil, Vic, what are your thoughts? Obviously, a few days on. Um, Obviously, first of all, it's a shame to see Craig Hignett leave the club because I think he's um, he's a good fit with Middlesbrough in so many ways, isn't he? He's a former player. The course scored the legendary first goal at the Riverside. He's a very bullying character. Um, he knows a lot of people around the club as well. So in, in terms of losing a guy that I think most people connected with Borough like and respect, I think it's a big shame. Um, but that football people do move on and clearly the, um, clearly the relationship wasn't working um, how it was meant to. You could point lots of fingers at different people why that is. It comes down basically to I talk Karankit feeling that Craig isn't the man he wants to work with in that capacity and it's there's not a lot more than that that's happened that people are looking for all sorts of um, you know smoking guns you know what, what well, why is he left now the timing's awful I think if you you know Aitor's been pretty open about it disagreements different points of views that happens in football and, and I know people think that the guy who's your number two should be able to have a difference of opinion with you, and of course they should. You don't want a yes man, but by the same token, if he feels that the the advice or the criticism or the the guidance he's getting from the guy next to him isn't helping him, then I guess he's got no alternative. We weren't privy to all, all obviously all the conversations that went on between Aito and Craig Hignett. Um, we could talk at length about the the setup of the coaching team. It isn't a typical setup that you'd see in a coaching team, and I, I think I think Craig was probably frustrated that his role wasn't as senior as it probably should have been on paper, at least. So it wasn't just a one-way street. I think Craig was a little bit frustrated as well. But but overall, um, it's football. You know, they'll find a replacement. I don't think there'll be some sort of massive collapse, Vic. I don't think the I can't see. Because one person leaves that setup, the whole thing's going to fall apart. I think it's really interesting what's happened because we've talked in recent weeks about how ruthless Karanka is, and if you don't do as a player, if you don't deliver, then you're out. And I think this shows that that applies, as he said recently, from the chairman to the tea lady. If you don't do the job, you're out. You know, we know that he sends back scouting reports for because they're, they're misspelled. Uh, I think people were saying, oh, there must be a reason. Uh, when are they going to explain it? Uh, and I saw Karanka explain that there's been a difference of opinion, or you know, our views are different, and people think that's trivial. I mean, we, we have differences of opinion all the time in the office, and, and uh, I, mean, I make a lifestyle out of differences of opinion. <laughs> uh, but within the orthodoxy at the club that I talk Karanka has created, where he ex- there's a methodology, there's a philosophy, there's an ethos, and he expects everyone to buy into that. In that context, having a difference of opinion is actually quite a major thing. You know, if there's an orthodoxy and he wants everyone singing off from, from the same hymn sheet, 
then having someone within the organisation that has a difference of opinion is actually, it, it's a major breach of continuity. So I can see why uh, it's not just about being a yes man. That, you know, it's about the ideology and the methodology. It's, you know, there's, there's something quite Orwellian about it that the expects everyone to buy into the project. And if Higgy hasn't, for whatever reason, he feels uncomfortable and he's expressed it, I can see that for Karanka, that is actually a major issue. It's not just me and you having a difference of opinion over a player or a tactics. You know, within the organisation, I think that's a major issue. So I can see why Karanka's done it. But it does show that he's absolutely ruthless in the same way that he is with players. Yeah. In the sense of, of sorry, sorry, Phil. In the sense of kind of you say Karanka's uh, ruthless, and, and he's quite controlling in a, in a complementary fashion as well. In that sense, how important is an assistant? That's an interesting question. Uh, I don't think Higgy has been an assistant in the sense that most people understand. I think Leo Perkovic is his assistant in terms of his sounding board, his access, his confident, yeah. uh, and someone that he will discuss long-term things with. I think when Craig Hignett came in, he had a really important set of assets because Karanka was new to the job, new to English football, uh, he didn't necessarily know all the players, and Higgy... Uh, filled a lot of the a lot of the information gap, not just about the, the, his own squad, but you know if they were going to Millwall, for instance, Higgy could say this is you expect this from this atmosphere. Uh, we know that Ian Holloway plays at this sort of tempo, this sort of shape. Uh, we know that Scott McDonald does this, and he had a lot of insight into the teams that Borough were about to play, and that, and it was important in terms of Karanka uh, uh, setting up his team, his tactics, his methodology for that match. But a year on, are those assets so strong? Because a year on, Karanka has a lot of his own knowledge. And we know that he's exhaustive in his research, his analysis of the opposition. He builds up databases. He's got two and three scouts looking at the next, next opposition. Maybe he thinks that the people he trusts behind the scenes, his own analysts, are providing more information, more uh, appropriate information than, than Higgy was able to bring to the table. In which case, if you're not such importance, then having a difference of opinion on something else may well mean, well, that, you know, you, that outweighs what you're bringing. So maybe that's an issue as well. I mean, it did, it did make it clear in his press conference um, prior to the Millmore match that he wants the same kind of help and guidance of somebody who knows English football, knows the division, knows the city, knows the people, um, it knows the club. So uh, that sounds a very limited number of options, really, in terms of who brings in. So it's either going to be a former player or a player who, if didn't play for Middlesbrough, certainly knows the club very well. Um, so that, that kind of limits his, his options. I think the one thing that slightly concerns me, and we, we don't spend every day of the week down at Rockcliffe Park, but you, you, you would be worried if there was nobody to provide a little bit of, for want of a better expression, light relief, because I can imagine it's such an intense environment, and there's nothing wrong with that. Football is a scientific pursuit now. It's all about having, you know, setting out your goals and the best way of achieving them. It's about living the values. It's about being fully prepared. It's about being fit if you're a player to the maximum potential. And that's good. That's how it has to be. But I also worry that perhaps it becomes almost too technocratic 
and it's and it loses some of the, the human element to the point where players stop really enjoying being at the club. Now that's a worst case scenario. You normally find that with players, if the team's winning and they're in the team, they're, they're happy no matter what. Um, and if you're not in the team, you're not happy. So you can't do a lot about those two eventualities. But I hope that whoever comes in has that gift of you know um, expressing within the dressing room, within the great environment of the changing rooms and the, 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 the Rockcliffe Park and the stadium, a little bit about, you know, yes, be serious when it has to be serious, but also let's not walk around thinking everything's the end of the world. And I'm not suggesting that's going to be the case, but but Baitoy's in charge and Leo and Carlos Quixada are there to pretty much fulfil his wishes. They do have an input, but it's pretty much one way most of the time. They're, they're his employees, they're his long-term colleagues, they understand what makes him tick, they're there to help him get to an end point. And I think he said himself, when he, when he went to Real Madrid to work for Jose, he, Jose wanted someone who would question his decisions and who would say, well, what are you doing, Gaffer, is that the right way to go? So... Does he want his cake and eat it, is, is, is the thing. Does he want an assistant who, who's just a yes man? I don't think he does want that, but there's a danger that if he doesn't get the right man, he might end up having another yes man. And obviously the guy from Colorado Rapids has been over this week, but he was quick to play that yeah, down, wasn't he? He's, he's come, on work, come on at work experience placement, basically. Uh, I'm interested, coming back to what you said about, you know, is it, import, is it that important who the number two is? And, and I think because... Of who Iggy was, I mean, a former fan's favourite and very much a, a well-known presence around Teesside. I think maybe some people have built up his role uh, as number two, and the implication has been now he's left that the tactics are going to fall to bits, blah blah. You know, as if it was a major breach. Uh, I don't think it is. And looking back over past assistants, I don't think any of them have played that role. I mean, you, you mentioned the team of '94 there. Do you think Viv Anderson had a big input into the tactics in that team? I think he was Brian Robson's right-hand man and, and nothing else. Uh, uh, Gordon Strachan, uh, Gary Pendry, assistant manager. I never spoke to the bloke, did you? No, he was. Uh, he didn't do interviews, did he? We, we don't know, you know, it's very often the number two isn't really important in terms of tactic or structure or, or the, the, the ethos around the team. The number two's there to keep the number one happy. And the problem that Higgy had maybe was that the number two... The de facto number two is Leo. Yeah, and I think I think the interesting. I think the I think where the confusion probably stems from is that Itar made it crystal clear when Higgy was appointed that he would be doing the same job at Middlesbrough that Itar Carranco did at um, Real Madrid. Now, we really know that wasn't the case. Yeah. We know that there, there wasn't a vacancy for uh, Itar Carranco to work alongside Jose Mourinho at Middlesbrough. That, as Vic says, that role is pretty much fulfilled by Leo Perkovic, a guy who came over for the interview with Aitor Karanka, you know, who's a, who's a close personal colleague um, from the time at Colorado, Colorado Rapids. They know each other, they've worked together before. So there wasn't really a vacancy for somebody who's a powerful a character as what Aitor Karanka was for Jose Mourinho. So for him to say that perhaps was a little bit misleading. Mm. I'm sure he didn't mean to mislead people because he, he did value the role but I think the next guy who comes in I, I can't see it being somebody who's going to be telling Aitor Karanka what you're making that substitution for, that's really silly you need to do such and such. I don't see there being a vacancy for that kind of person. 
That said, Higgy won't be short of offers, will he? You know, he's done a decent job at Pills. He's done a decent job here. If he wants to get back in, he'll be he'll be fine, won't he? As, as an assistant elsewhere. I don't know how far that reputation would carry outside the region. Certainly, he's very well known within the region, and he's done uh, quite a lot of media work with Radio Five. So, I mean, his name is well known, and a quick look at his CV would show that he comes very highly recommended. But could you say what is tactical? No, hmm. I don't know. I mean, clearly he's a good coach and, and he will get good references. And I hope if he wants to get back into football in that capacity that, that he does, uh, it may be a case that he, he's been stung and he, he doesn't fancy that and maybe you know, maybe back into the media work. I, I don't know where, I mean, we haven't spoken to Hickey since, since he left, so I'm not sure where his head is on that. But I think, yes, he's very much a football person and he's well known within the little village. Hmm. So should he want it? that I think he will have offers Moving on Grant Ledbetter signed a, a new contract this week how, how big a boost is that for Borough? I think I think it, it, it's, it's critical because people might say well Grant Ledbetter is not a world class footballer you know he, um, he isn't a sexy striker like Kike Garcia uh, sorry <laughs> like Kike um, but what he is is he is the absolute heart and soul of the middle of the football club in the dressing room and on the pitch because he, he lives and breathes the right ethics. He, you speak to me, interview, anyone who's interviewing will know that Grant Ledbetter repeats the mantra that he must work harder, train harder, be better every day. Now, for players in the back end of the 20s, that's very unusual in English football. Most players, certainly going back not that long ago, believed that by the age of 21, 22, there was nothing they could be taught, that they couldn't get any better because they were great footballers and, you know, why, why are you trying to making me better when I'm already the player I am I t- um, uh, Grant Ledbetter isn't like that he believes that he can get better today tomorrow and the next day by working harder and applying himself and that fits massively with Aitor Karanka's philosophy about being the best you can be in training and on the ground during a match so he's a vital vital player because he goes out on the pitch and sets an example he's the sort of captain that people will you know the old cliche follow over the top he just goes out there and will not accept second best. He wants the cliche again, 100% from every player in the team. Um, everything about him is to the benefit of Middlesbrough Football Club. And he's, of course, delivering on the pitch as well. He's scored his own, more than his share of goals. Um, and he's committed to the best years of his career at Middlesbrough. Uh, he wants to play in the Premier League. He's got a burning ambition to be back in the Premier League. That's why he went to Whipswich, but it didn't work out. This time he's come to Middlesbrough and he's extended his time because he believes that Aitok Ranker and Steve Gibson will get Middlesbrough in the Premier League and he believes that's where he wants to be as well. So he's committing the best years of his career, another three and a half years for somebody who's 29 next month. That's a big commitment. He could have played down his contract, as Aitok Ranker said uh, on Thursday. He could have run his contract down and looked for the better offer in the summer. He didn't do that. He wants to be here and he... He lives and breathes the club. You know, he said the club's got under his skin. Uh, he's a northeast lad. It makes sense for everybody. And I know you've said to me in the past, Vic, there was never any concern from within the club that, that Ledbetter was going to sign. We were told that both sides had agreed it in principle. He was desperate to stay. The club were desperate to keep him. And I know fans you know, can be very nervous sometimes when they see the clock ticking down. But both sides agreed, and I, I think. Uh, just as Steve Gibson is a man of honour, 
I think Grant Ledbetter is as well. I think the, the waters may have been muddied slightly by his agent, who obviously would have been advising him, you know, time's on your side. So, you know, it's a buyer's market here. And his agent may well have been saying, see what comes up, see what comes up. You don't know what division that borough are going to be in. But Grant had told Steve Gibson, yes, I'm staying. We'll get it sorted. Don't worry. I think the important thing about the signing is that it's another piece in the jigsaw for next season. And off the pitch this season, I think Borough have made a lot of progress in that sense. I mean, they've, they've tied down George Friend, Adam Reach, uh, Ben Gibson, and now uh, Grant Ledbetter on longer contracts. And they've got an extension on Albert Adoma. And these are all players who you think will be an important part of the next two or three years as Borough reshape. They're all players that very much buy into Karanka's philosophy. Uh, they suit the style he wants to play. And as with, with Grant, they're all people who openly express a desire to be here and to, to improve at Middlesbrough. And I think that sends out really healthy messages. I was going to say it sends out healthy messages to fans, but also the clubs, doesn't it? I mean, Forrest have sniffed around Ledbetter and Adorma in the past. There's constantly rumours with Friend. It sends out that message that we're not a selling club, we mean business, yeah. we're going to keep our main men. And well, I, th- I think what important what Vic says there about you know the players like George, like Ben, they're better players now than they were when Aitor Karanka arrived at the club. Now, Ben's getting older anyway. He was never going to be as good at 19 as he is at 21, 22, whatever. But, but George is a vastly better player, and that's because Aitor's harnessed his qualities and cut out a lot of the, 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 the weaknesses that he demonstrated, you know... Um, and that was just that's through good management. Um, Albert Adoma is becoming more consistent. Um, he's still not the finished article, I would argue, but he's becoming more consistent um, because he's having to do it Aitor's way. Grant Ledbetter is having probably his best season at the club so far, and he's been a pretty consistent performer anyway. He was Player of the Year in his first season, but he's added goals. I think that's one of the things he would admit himself. He's added goals. Um, so you look at the players that are signing these contracts. They're, they're not just committing themselves to Borough they've, they've, they've visibly got better while he's been in charge so they can, they can see the benefits and um, you know Aitor Karanka wants players who've bought into his philosophy and if you, as I said before if you're a player who is in, in a winning team and you're improving and you can see potentially Premier League football in the not too distant future why would you why, as, as Grant Ledbetter said in his interview with me um, on Thursday, the grass isn't always greener. This is a terrific football club, and to hear someone like him say that, who's been around a bit, it's a big, you know, pat on the back for me. And he was a died in the wool Mackham. As yeah. a died in the wool <laughs> Mackham as well. Yeah, born and bred. Yeah, but he, he's, he's made those noises since he came here, hasn't he? Led, absolutely. Yeah, he's, he's loved it, uh, and he's at, he's at pains to stress that. And I know when he picked up the the Player of the Year award last season. I mean, he was almost in tears when he was explaining that for him to get that award as, a, as someone who was a Mackham and had crossed the divide, and he, he was saying there was like an emotional struggle there almost because he, you know, he was a Sunderland fan, but he felt almost like he was betraying his roots because he was learning to love Middlesbrough. And, you know, he was quite, he was quite tortured about it. I think he's crossed over completely now. He's gone native. <laughs> I mean, I think... I think, I think one thing that people perhaps don't appreciate and we're lucky we do get to go to the training ground and, and see inside the, the inner sanctum from time to time and I think what people perhaps don't realise is that although Middlesbrough Football Club have had a few pretty disappointing years the setup is terrific 
the, the training ground when you walk down there, most of the people you bump into are friendly, nice people, down to earth, just there to do their jobs. That isn't always the case elsewhere. Even at clubs, Premier League clubs, you go there, there's a there's an edge to it, there's a surliness to it. You know, what are you doing here? And we're journalists, so we're not exactly necessarily there to be welcomed, but you know, people who understand the infrastructure of the club, the girl, the reception girls, you know, the the guy who's wandering around the car park, the, 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 the groundsmen, they're all there with a bit of a smile and a bit of banter. And you don't always get that at clubs. And I think that feeds back to the players yeah. as well. Grant Ledbetter said when he came to the club that immediately walking through the door, he just felt at home. He just felt this was right. He said, you know, it's got under my skin, I can't explain it. And as Vic says, he's a dyed-in-the-wool Sunderland fan, and he admitted that, and he said, look, for me to, to come here and to be welcomed so openly by the, by the people at the club and the supporters, I think the supporters take a big pat on the back as well. There's been no small-minded, yeah. oh, he's yeah. a Sunderland fan, yeah. he's a Mackham, we can't yeah. cheat him. The fans love that Grant Ledbetter, mm. and they would have been gutted to see him go. And I think that shows that there's, a, there's, a, there's an intelligence in the fan base and, a, and, a, and a, a bigger, a, a, an ability to look at the bigger picture rather than, oh, well, he's from fence houses in County Durham, he's Mackin, what, what the hell do we want him down here on Teesside for? So credit to everybody really for the, for this deal. There's, there are no negatives in my view, and you know to get a guy like him, who who says as he says has got under the club's got under his skin, is is a great coup. Brilliant. I, I think it's also worth pointing out that it was a really good bit of timing putting that out the day after the Higgies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought exactly that. We'd have seen it yesterday at the end of a difficult week because that deal has been on the table for a couple of weeks yeah. now, and we knew it was more or less done and dusted, but. To push it out then was very good PR, I think. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Vic. That's brilliant.